I want to talk to you really quick about fears. Um, I was kind of researching uh, fears, and I think all of us at some level, there's uh, some fears that we all go through. And th- let me list a few. Maybe this is you. Uh, maybe you uh, uh, have uh, acrophobia. Anybody have acrophobia? Acrophobia. You know what it is? That's the fear of heights. Anybody have the fear of heights? <laughs> you're like, yep, here I am. What about aerophobia? Aerophobia. You can figure that one out. What's aerophobia? Fear of flying. Anybody fear of flying? <laughs> yeah, you're like, I'm getting in the uh, aeroplane that weighs thousands of tons and I'm not in control and gravity's there. That's funny, uh, Pastor Scott Williams, after preaching two weeks ago, he flew back to Oklahoma City and uh, saw his story. Some of you might have seen it on his Instagram. <laughs> he had 20 minutes of turbulence. And uh, it was the most scariest thing, and his video was so funny, and uh, I just had to laugh and call him and so give him a hard time. Acrophobia. What about arachnophobia? Any fear of spiders? Yeah. You know, that's me. You know, Shay's like, Daddy, there's a spider. Call your mom. You know, <laughs> call your mom. What about this one? Uh, I want to butcher the name. Trypanophobia. Trypanophobia. Fear of injections. Ooh, yeah. Astrophobia. Astrophobia is what? The fear of thunder and lightning. That's good. Today, I want to talk a little bit to you about a fear I think all of us struggle with or wrestle with. It's the fear of the unknown. I think it's one of you, you and humanity's greatest fears, fear of the unknown. Why? Because we love to be in control, Right? We love to be in control. We all want to be in control. We want to know how, it's, how life's going, what's going to happen next. We, we want to have it all figured out. We want the plan. I mean, we work so hard to, you know, write a life plan and do all these incredible things. And sometimes when the unknown comes before us, fear creeps in. Today, if you take your notes, uh, the title of the message is Facing the Unknown. I want to talk to you today about facing the unknown because life goes through seasons. Ecclesiastes, the book of Ecclesiastes teaches us there's a season for all things. A season to laugh, a season to cry, a season for death, a season for birth. In life, there's seasons. You're going to go through things. In fact, Jesus said that in John chapter 16, verse 33, in this world, you're going to face trials and tribulations. You're going to go through things. One of my, one of my friends says in life, you're in one of three places. You're, you're either about to go into a storm You're in a storm or you're coming out of a storm. You're going to go through things in life. Unknowns are going to face up, uh, show up in your life. It could be as simple as, uh, you know, a a loss of a loved one. It could be uh, the loss of a job. I was uh, at a coffee shop this week and a church member came to me and said, Pastor, uh, uh, I recently lost my job. And I just got to encourage and pray with my brother right in the coffee shop. And he wasn't expecting, he didn't wake up thinking, I'm going to lose my job or my job will be terminated. And in life, we go through things. You might be in a season right now where maybe you're just going through the pain and the unknown in, in your marriage or with a kid and just these things that happen in life. Unknown things are going to come our way. Maybe, maybe you just got a bad diagnosis. You weren't expecting it. You think you're in great shape. I've been working out. I'm healthy. And I, I just got this bad diet. Unknown things are going to come your way. The, uh, I love the prophet Tom Hanks. He says this, a hero is somebody who voluntarily walks into the unknown. I love that. 
A hero is someone who says, you know what, bring it on. I, I, I can't go around, I can't go over, I can't go under, I am going to go through this. He doesn't, a hero is not someone that runs away from the unknown. A hero is someone that, 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 that the unknown's here and I've got to get to the other side. There's something on the other side. You know, so many biblical characters went through this. Think about Moses. You know, Moses uh, killed an Israel, uh, sorry, Egyptian. He's, he's hiding, he's running from God. God says, hey, I want you to go and set my people free. Go to Pharaoh, tell him to release and then lead my people. I mean, unknown. I'm going to, God, how are you going to do this? You know, the, the, the parting of, of the Red Sea. The, you know, you can think of Joseph has a great dream and a great plan. Next minute, his brothers are trying to kill him. He's sold into slavery. He's accused of raping a part of his wife. He ends up in jail. I mean, just these unknown after unknown. God, why do you even give me a dream? Why am I going through this in life you're going to go through moments of the unknown, moments where you're, I don't know whether to go right or whether to go left or whether to go backwards. God, what do you want me to do? Today we're going to look at in a great passage in the Bible. It's a well-known passage, and, and uh, if you've been a, a Christ follower for a long time, you've probably heard this preached many times, or if you grew up in church, you probably heard it as a kid in Sunday school. But we're going to look at the story in, in Daniel chapter 3 with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now, the book of Daniel is very interesting because Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and other Jewish boys were taken captive. These were the best uh, students of life. These this were the best Jewish boys. They were educated. They knew the law. They, in fact, Daniel was so inspired by King Josiah and his parents that in, in, in the book of Daniel, he, he literally tells King Nebuchadnezzar's leaders, he says, I will not defile myself. I will not eat the delicacies. I will not look at this and that. You see, if we look in modern day terms, Daniel is almost like taking a teenage boy from a potato farm in Idaho and putting him in Los Angeles. Literally just the, the craziness of LA. Innocent young boy in a culture of science and worshiping different gods and, and just delicacies, the best of the best, wealth, status. All this is going on in Babylon, and he is taken prisoner, captive with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and here they are, just cultural chaos, and they choose not to defile themselves. Well, let's forward to, 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 to Daniel chapter 3, and literally to set up the story, King Nebuchadnezzar makes this great statue of gold. And he calls all the people to come, all the leaders and the uh, satraps and the prefects and the governors, and they're, they're all there. And he says, when the band plays, I want you all to bow down to my statue. And so the Daniel, uh, sorry, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are present here with all these thousands of people. And as the band plays, everybody bows down to worship Nebuchadnezzar's statue, but Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego remain standing. And King Nebuchadnezzar's leaders come and they say, hey, king, didn't you say that everybody has to bow down when the band plays? Yeah, I did. And didn't you say, king, that if anybody doesn't bow, that they are to be thrown into the fiery furnace, they're to be executed? Yes, I did. Well, king Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to bow. And so the king calls for them, and we're going to pick it up in verse 13 of Daniel chapter 3. And furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up? 
Now, I'm going to give you a second chance. When you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, the pipe, and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you, are, if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If you are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Let's just pause there for a moment. Because many of us in the room, we know the rest of the story, right? It's got a great ending. It's a happy ending. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a Netflix movie moment or an Apple TV moment. Like, we should make a film about this. It's amazing. But let's just stop right there in the passage. Do you think Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these young men, probably 18, 19, around there, you think they woke up in the morning and said, guess what? We're going to face the unknown today. And the unknown is this. We could be thrown into a fiery furnace. They didn't wake up like that. They just woke, woke up saying, hey, today's another day. Let's go. And the unknown, they came face to face with the unknown. And the unknown was this. Will God come through? Our lives are at stake. And so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are standing before this king. What do, what do you do when the unknown comes your way? Think for a second. These, uh, these young boys could have stopped and said, you know what? Because we don't know where Daniel is in the passage. We don't know if Daniel's praying in his room or if he's doing something else. We don't know. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego could have said, you know what? Daniel's not around. Our leader's not around. So you know what? Let's just bow really quickly. It's no big deal. I mean, God knows our heart. It's just a little, you know, it's just a, it's just a, it's not a big deal. God is bigger than the statue. It's just, you know, because what do you and I do? Often when the unknown comes our way, what do we do? We look for the shortcut, Right? What's the quick fix? How do I get around this really quick? Well, sometimes we're like, God, why'd you bring this into my life? Why am I going through this? And, and there's so many things that go, we begin to doubt or compromise. Sometimes even we can disobey. But King Nebuchadnezzar plays and what happens is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, second time the band plays, everybody bows down. They remain standing. And King Nebuchadnezzar says, you know what? That's it, I've had enough. I told you guys that if the band plays, you have to bow down to my golden image. And because you've refused, you know what, you know the consequences? You're now going to be thrown into the fiery furnace. And so what does he do? He has his guards stoke up the fire seven times hotter. They just stoke up. Now it's, the furnace is huge. And, and he says, tie them up. Tie up, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And then take them up and throw them into the fiery furnace. And as they tie them up and the guards take them, as they get ready to throw them into the fiery furnace, they were so close to the fire that those guards were killed. Let's pick it up now, the verse in verse 25 of Daniel, chapter 3, verse 25. And he said, King Nebuchadnezzar said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the burning furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire. 
The satraps, prefects, governors, and the royal advisors crowded around them, and they saw the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair on their heads singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. Can we just stop there for a moment? Nebuchadnezzar's looking into the fire. The gods are killed around the fire. He looks in and he, he goes, one, two, three. Whoa, wait, let me count again. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. Who's the fourth? And he gets close and he says, the fourth looks like the son of the gods. Come out. And as they came out, everybody came around to see what's happening. And as they came out, it says there was not even a burn mark. There was not even a, a rash on them. There was, there was not, even, not even a single hair on any of their heads was singed. And, and they, didn't, they didn't smell of any smoke as they came out. You know, I want to tell you right there, because that can preach right there in your life, that when the unknown comes your way, you serve a faithful God, that not even a hair on your head will be singed. Not even the smell of pain or that heartbreak or that situation that came your way. When you trust in the Lord, he's going to get you through to the other side. You know what's so amazing in this story is that they crowded around to see. There's some of you, what you're going through right now in your life, if you're going to trust God, I'm telling you, God's going to get you to the other side. And it's going to be such a testimony, not just for you, but they are going to crowd around and say, you know what? You, we thought you were that little Jesus freak. We thought you were a little cuckoo. You were going off on lunch break and reading the Bible. You, you, don't, you, don't, you don't cuss and fuss. You, you talk about praying. How can I pray for you? But we, we thought you're God. Like, that, that's weird. They just, just leave them out. Just Jesus freaks. But when you went, when we saw you go through that storm, that bad report, that situation. We saw your attitude because sometimes it's not about the circumstance. It's about the attitude in the circumstance. And they crowded around and they begin to go and Nebuchadnezzar's right there going, I don't get it. There's not even, your, your hair's not even singed. There's not even a rash. There's no burn marks. You don't smell. He, and he begins, to, he begins to look at this in verse 28. And Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has seen his angel and rescued, who sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's commands and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own God. Therefore, I declare the people of, the na of any nation or language who say anything against the God, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, be cut into pieces, and their houses be turned into piles of rubble, for no other God can what? Save in this way. And the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the promise province of Babylon. Oh, I love this story. They woke up in the morning and an unknown hit them. If you don't bow down, if you don't take the, the shortcut, if you don't step in and fix it yourself, if you remain standing and trusting your God, the unknown, you're gonna die. How did they respond? How did they face this unknown? I wanna give you three things if you're taking notes today. How do you and I face the unknown? Because the unknown, there's gonna be seasons in our life where the unknown comes, you know, God, I didn't see this coming. I didn't know that our marriage would be here. I didn't know our kid would be here. I didn't know I'd lose that, 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 that job. I didn't know, God, that that diagnosis would come. I didn't know that, that my mom or my dad would die, my best friend. I didn't know that this would be happening. I didn't know I'd be accused of that. I didn't know that this would happen, God. But yes, the good news, God is sovereign and God knows all things. 
How do, we, how do we face the unknown? I'm going to be three things. Number one, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. What do we learn from them? Complete commitment. They were all in with God. They were all in. In fact, in verse 16, it says this. We do not need to defend ourselves. Oh, I like that. King Nebuchadnezzar, you need to bow down to me, young men. If you don't bow down at my hand, you're going to die. King, we don't need to defend ourselves. Why would they say that? Because they knew the law of God. See, in Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 7 and 9, they knew the law. The Lord said this, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven or above or on the earth beneath or, nor, or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am what? A jealous God. Punishing the children, the son of the parents, the third and fourth generation to those who, who hate him. I love this verse because, number one, God is jealous about you. He doesn't want nothing stealing, your, stealing what he's worthy of. He wants your love to be for him first. He doesn't want anything, any idol. He doesn't want stuff, your career, your marriage, your kids. He wants nothing before him. He's first. He's jealous. That's his place in our lives. And what's so amazing is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew. They knew the law of God said you cannot bow down to any idols. And so as they stand before and their commitment to God was this. We know what your word says and we refuse to disobey your word. We're going to honor your word. We're going to obey your word, God. And so as they're standing before King Nebuchadnezzar, they literally say this, King we don't need to defend ourselves. Why would they say that? Because literally they were saying this to King Nebuchadnezzar. God's word will defend us. Let me say that again. We don't need to defend ourselves or explain ourselves. God's word will defend us. God told us not to bow. We're not going to bow. You see, one of the things I love about the Bible is... Scripture teaches us that God's word will not return to him void. It will accomplish the thing it's set forth to do. You see, this is not just a book. This is not just a book. This is the living word of an almighty God. Scripture says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will remain forever. This is not a book. Jesus said, if you hear my word and build your life on it, you're like a wise man building his house on a rock. And when the storms, when the unknown comes to you, guess what? You're still gonna be standing. But if you build your life on sand, the things of this world, when the unknown comes, guess what? Your house is gonna fall. It's sad. Sometimes I see so many Christians that, I love Jesus, I love Jesus, but when the first storm comes, guess what? You don't see them at church. You see them running to all kinds of things to fix the problem instead of standing on God's word. We don't need to defend ourselves, King Nebuchadnezzar. We know what God's word says. And we're going to obey God's word. We are committed to God's word. And we're going to stand on God's word. And God's word will come through for us. There's some of you today, as you're facing a storm, you've got to remember who your God is. Shadrach, you know what his name? His name was, when he was taken prisoner, his name was not Shadrach. His name was Hananiah. Hananiah, if you go translate it, means 
uh, Yahweh is gracious. Yahweh is gracious. Shadrach means this. It's the name given to a foreign god, Aku. The name Shadrach means at the command of Aku. You're to live your life at what? The command of Aku, a foreign god. So everywhere he would walk, they would say, Shadrach, Shadrach, at the command of Aku, at the command of Aku. But when he was born, his name was Hananiah. Yahweh is gracious. You know, sometimes the world's going to tell you what they think about you. Oh, you're too crazy about Jesus. You're too much talking about praying. You're too much, come on, just, just, just kick back. Just show up at the party. Just partake a little. Just hang out a little. Just do this a little. The world will dictate to you and tell you what you're meant to be. But let me tell you something. When, he, when, when Shadrach stood before that fiery furnace, he knew his name was not at the command of Aku. He knew his name was Hananiah, Yahweh is gracious. As I'm about to step into this furnace, Yahweh is gracious. He knew his name. He knew his identity. He knew his God. Do you know what God has to say about you? Do you know what God says about you in his word? Do you know Psalm says every tear you cry, he catches. Every hair on your head, he knows. Do you know Jeremiah, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper, give you a hope and a future. Do you know Philippians, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. You see, when you begin to see who, who, who God says you are and who God declares you are, that you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation set apart for him, that you are you're the apple of God's eye and he loves you and he's a God who cares. You can face any unknown and say, you know what? I know Yahweh. Yahweh's gracious. I know Matthew 28 when Jesus said this, I will never leave you and I'll never forsake you. So as, as the unknown comes, guess what? Unknown, Jesus is with me. I'm not alone. David said, in the midst of hell, he wrote in Psalms, in the midst of my darkest moments, you were with me. Isn't it funny that us as, as humans, as Christ followers, you know what? It's, it's, it's so often when we're on the mountaintop of life, what does that mean? Life's just going great. We got the promotion. The bank account's great. The, the, the wife or the husband's happy. The kids are getting straight A's. Like everything's just amazing in our world. And then boom, the unknown comes and we're in the valley. Isn't it amazing that when we're on the mountaintop, guess what? Life is great and we get so comfortable. And so what do we do? Ah, I'm gonna miss church on Sunday. I don't need to go to group. You know what? I'm, you know what? I've been reading my Bible so much lately. I'm just gonna just, you know, I, I, I'm just gonna wake up and I just wanna, I just wanna watch a little ESPN in the morning and, you know, see what's happening with, you know, Chris Paul's going to the Warriors. Praise Jesus. And, um, <laughs> you know, I just, I don't need to read the Bible today. It's okay. You know what, uh, I was telling uh, some guys this week, there's a great scripture in, in Proverbs that says, just a, just a little slumber, just a, a little folding of the hands, and what? Poverty comes upon you is what Solomon says. When he talks about poverty, he's not talking about finances, he's talking about spiritual inner poverty. 
It's so often when you and I are on the mountaintop of life and everything's great, that guess what? We're just cruising. And when we go into the valley, isn't it true? When we go through, an unknown hits us in the valley, what do we do? We drop to our knees. We're praying more. I need to fast. I need to quote scriptures. We're putting scriptures on the fridge. We're putting scriptures on the mirrors. We're putting scriptures on the dog. Even the word is walking in front of us. We're just like, I need a breakthrough. I need God. Why do we need God just in the valley? What about the mountaintop? See, the unknown comes. He's faithful in the valley, and he's faithful on the mountaintop. It's all about our commitment to him. These guys were committed. So number one is become complete commitment. Number two, complete confidence. Verse 17, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are standing. We don't need to defend ourselves. Verse 17, what do they say? The God we serve. He's able to deliver us. What were they saying? They were saying, you know what? We went to Mountain Park Church and they're giving out these little wristbands that says God's got it. And the God we serve is able to deliver us. They were saying what? God's got it. God's got it, King. God's got it. He is, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want He makes me lie down in what? Green pastures. He leads me by quiet streams. And the next part I love. He prepares for me a table. Where? Okay, some of you have to go read Psalms 23. (laughs) You're making me nervous this morning, church. I'm getting nervous. I'm very nervous. He prepares a table where? In the presence of what? My enemies. So even when the unknown comes, the bad report, the loss, whatever it is, guess what? I have a shepherd who is able to deliver me, to lead me to what? Green pastures, still streams, and a table to feast on. When the enemy's attacking and the unknown is speaking, you're going to go down. You're going to die. You're going to go in the fiery pit. You're not going to get through this. You're not going to make it. Guess what? I can sit at the Lord's table and eat a T-bone steak. God's got it. I'm resting in him. King Nebuchadnezzar, we will not bow. We don't need to defend ourselves. God's word will. We're standing on his word. We don't need to be afraid. You know what? God is able. God's got it. Look at what Hebrews chapter 13 verse 6 says. So we can confidently say this. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? There's some of you that are facing an unknown today. It's time for you to tell your unknown, hey, let me introduce you to my big brother. His name is Jesus. What can you do to me? The Lord is my helper. He's carrying me. He's my sustainer, my provider, my healer, my deliverer, my shepherd. He's the banner, Jehovah Nisi, over my life. He is God Almighty, sovereign. Who are you? What are you to stand against him? You know what? Sometimes I think when the unknown hits us, a trial, a heartbreak, a relationship tension, a loss of whatever, sometimes, you know what we do is we panic and we literally think that God didn't know that was coming. It's like God's in heaven sitting on his throne, turning to the angels going, whoops, didn't see that happening. How do you think this is gonna play out? No. Before I formed you in the womb, God says, I knew you. And they're declaring with confidence, God's got 
it. Complete confidence in themselves? No. Confidence was in God. Committed to his word. Point number three is complete courage. Complete commitment. God, I'm all in with you. I'm all in with your word. I believe it. God, I'm complete, God, confidence in you. If you did it before in my life, you did it when I, when I fell there. You did it when I made that bad decision. You did it when I went through that pain there. If you did it then, you're gonna do it again because you're faithful. Confidence in you. Number three, complete courage. Verse 18, I love this. But even King Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to defend ourselves. God is able to deliver us. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, we will not serve your gods. We will not worship the image of gold you have set up. King Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said this. The unknown is in front of us. God is able. God will defend us. Maybe they were like, you know what? If we're faithful, maybe, maybe God will just come through in the last second and King Nebuchadnezzar is going to be like, ah, it's okay, guys. No big deal. Thousands bowed down, the three of you. It's okay. I'll pardon you. I really like you guys. You guys are some good-looking young men. You're leaders. I need you. It's awesome. Don't worry. I was just kidding. Just kidding. Maybe they were hoping God's going to turn the heart of King Nebuchadnezzar. It's going to change. We, in the natural, they were looking, but then nothing happened. Nothing's changing. Sometimes in life, we're like, God, I've been praying for six months. I've been, I've been quoting scriptures. I've been, I've been standing and standing. I'm going to tell you something. Keep standing. Yeah. Don't give up. Well, it's hopeless. No, it's not. Even if he does not, we're not going to bow. You see, you know what they were saying as they were declaring that? If God wants to take us home today, we're all right with it. Because this is our belief. Their belief is God is sovereign. He's in complete control of our lives. And if he doesn't want to deliver us from this thing, then he's taking us home. You see, Isaiah says it's so great. The book of Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah says this about God. My ways are not your ways. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so my ways are above yours. Because here's the thing. Sometimes in our minds, this is what we do. You know what, God? If you just took A and you added B, you would get C. If you took this and this, we left to tell God how to do it, Right? Am I the only one that does that when I pray? You all need to, look, raise your hands, point it to me. Pray for me. I guess I'm the only one that sometimes is like, God, let me help you out. Let me, let me hook you up. I mean, I, I know. I mean, it's like he knows me better than I know myself. And I'm trying to negotiate with him on how I think he should do it. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego simply said this. Even if he doesn't, Deliver us. We're still fully committed to him. He knows what he's doing. There's some of you, maybe your one plus one is two. Is not what he's trying to do for you. Maybe he's trying to say, let me give you 100 plus 100 is 200. I've got a greater breakthrough and blessing for you. If you're just willing to let go and trust me to be sovereign God. If you let go of the control as you face the unknown and know that I am the God who will deliver you. I'm faithful. I will see you. That's why Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 to 6, and we know this verse so well. Trust in the Lord with all of your mind. Right? Some of you are saying Yes. Look at the screen. Trust in the Lord with all of your 
Heart. Not your mind. Your heart. You know what the heart means in the Bible? It means your whole being. Your spirit, your soul, your body. With all of you. Trust in the Lord with everything. Even your brokenness today. Trust in the Lord. Even the things that are missing in your life. Trust in the Lord. With all your heart. Maybe today your heart's not perfect. Maybe it's broken and wounded. Worship him with a broken, wounded heart and watch what he will do in your life. Oh, pastor, let me fix all this and be right. No, come to him as you are. Hebrews chapter four says, we can boldly approach the throne of grace in the time of need. Why? Because Paul says what? In Hebrews says what? We have a high priest who understands us. He knows us. And he says, come, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do what? Lean not on what? On understanding. God, let me tell you how to fix this. This unknown thing. Fix my marriage. Fix her. Fix him. Open a door for me. No, God. I want to trust you. And even if it doesn't make sense right now, I will still trust you. Am I leaning on my understanding? I'm trusting you with all my heart. In all of your ways, acknowledge him. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Bow down. Worship us. No, 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 no. We won't do it. We're acknowledging God as sovereign and we're acknowledging his holy word. We will not bow. He told us in Deuteronomy, do not bow. We will not bow. We are not leading our understanding. We're acknowledging God. And what does it say at the end of verse six? And he shall what? Direct your path. Why does he do that? Because he's a shepherd who leads his sheep. The sheep don't tell the shepherd where they want to go. The shepherd knows how to get the sheep to a safe place. Some of you today, I want to encourage you. He knows where he wants to take you. He knows what he's doing. But you got to let go of the control, the temptation to run away from the unknown. you got to step into it. I want to finish with two quotes today. It's a great quote. Sometimes you find yourself in the middle of nowhere. And sometimes in the middle of nowhere, you find yourself. There's some of you today, you're in that, you're facing that unknown. You're not alone. We sang it earlier today. He still moves mountains. He still moves mountains. But in that moment right now, maybe, maybe for God, it's not about your circumstance. It's about your heart. It's more about you getting closer to him than what you're going through. Because he will get you to the other side. Corey Ten Boom says this. Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. So this is why... I love to say, get in the word of God. Why? Because you get to know who your God is. And when you face the storms of the unknown, you can tell the unknown, let me tell you who my God is. That's why when the fire comes, and there's life, there's gonna be moments you're thrown into the fire. You know what fire does? Fire burns off the things that God wants to remove from your life. 
When you go through a storm and a battle, you know what God's trying to say? Let me get rid of some stinking thinking. Let me, get, let me get you to the place of letting go of control and trusting me to do what only I can do. Let me get you to the place of weakness. Why? Because the Bible says when we are weak in Him, that's when we're really strong. Fire burns off. That's why when they take gold and you, you got to get the flame so hot with gold, it burns off the impurities. But then the gold is what? Purer. Sometimes you're going to go through fire and you can't avoid it. But you know what's great in this passage? As you looked, King Nebuchadnezzar, there's one, two, three. There's a fourth one. Who was in the fire? Jesus. You're not alone. He's with you in the fire. And you can praise in the fire. And I want to tell you today that if you trust God, I don't need to defend myself. God is able. And even if he does it the way that doesn't make sense to me, he's going to do it the best way for me because he loves me. I'm going to trust him. I'm going to trust him. I'm going to walk with him. I end with Isaiah 43, verse 1 to 4 in the message. Some of you today need to hear this verse. Some of you need to open your heart to receive this verse. But now God's message, the God who made you in the first place, Jacob, the one who got you started, Israel, listen to his words, don't be afraid. I've redeemed you. I've called your name, your mind. And when you're in over your head, I'll be with you. When you're in the rough waters, you will not go down. When you're between a, a rock and a hard place, it won't be a dead end. Why? Because I'm your God, your personal God. The Holy of Israel, your Savior. I paid, paid a huge price for you. All of Egypt with its rich cushion, Chib Seba thrown in. That's how much you mean to me. That's how much I love you. I sell off the whole world to get you back. Trade creation just for you. Wow. Wow. That's how much God loves you. God, I'm over my head. I'm gonna save you. I feel like I'm at a dead end. There's no hope. I'm gonna turn it around for you. Would you just trust me? Would you put your hand in mine? As we go through this fire, you're not alone. Every eye closed and head bowed, let's pray. Father, I thank you today. Thank you today that there's moments in life we're gonna face the unknown. There's moments in life that we're gonna run out of answers, where our plans are gonna fail, where our expectations are not gonna be met. There's gonna be moments, God, where we're not at our best and where we hurt others, those close to us, moments where things come out of our mouths that shouldn't come out of our mouths. God, but thank you. Thank you today that as Hananiah, Shadrach's name was Yahweh is gracious, that God, your grace is more than enough today. Your grace is all that we need. Thank you today that the Bible says that if we call upon your name, if we cry out to you and open our hearts to you, that we will be saved. And the word saved is soteria, which is delivered, made whole, restored, redeemed. Because that's what you do, God. God, you know us, every single one of us in this room. And today, God, 
as we face the unknown, whether it's right now going through it or maybe next week or next month or next year, God, may we know you are with us. Strengthen us today. Help us to stand on your word. Help us to take courage in this moment. Help us to trust you.